This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Friday's jobs report showing the economy added 263,000 jobs in the month of November, so it remains still pretty strong. And the slowing that members of the leadership of the Federal Reserve have talked about may not be occurring as quickly as they would like. It appears that maybe to a degree we have even leveled off somewhat kind of in the range of anywhere from about 200 to 275,000 jobs per month at the moment. As for where things stand, we have uh, pleasure to bring in Yvonne Barenke, who's an associate professor of management here at the Wharton School. Hi, Yvonne. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. And, and so what's your read on, on where we are as kind of a labor force right now? I, I think the, the question some people might have, if you watch it closely, we hear about companies laying off people, yet these monthly numbers still seem to be pretty good. Yes. Um, so I think it is important to to pay attention to um, um, how we read the news and how we read reports. I mean, the Bureau of Labor Statistics, um, they're not trying to cater to an audience. Uh, they are providing you know, the facts and the numbers. Um, and when we look at news reports, they really like to focus on some high-profile companies, you know, what is Twitter doing and how many are they laying off today um, and other companies because these are headline-grabbing items. And we have to think about whether the what we see in the news is really reflective of a broader trend. So this is, I think, the surprise um, – might might have really been if the report confirms what we have seen in the news, but actually what it says is that you know what we see in terms of news items are perhaps these headline grabbing at, at attempts of you know because people want to sell the news, and I think that's that's a that's a that's an important lesson here, um, because in terms of the Bureau of Labor Statistics report, um, there's not much new to report. It is continuing a trend. Uh, the the uh, unemployment rate has been between 3.5% and 3.7% since March. Uh, we added another 263,000 um, uh, people to the payroll. And zooming out, if we, ha- I think we have to also look at this in terms of the perspective over the couple of last years from the COVID recovery. And um, I think research is culminating that all the um, government interventions that we have done, where we gave direct transfers to people through checks, where we gave the mortgage uh, holidays, really was a tremendous boost for the certainly for the bottom 50 percent of the um, of the income distribution. So, yeah, so I think we have to really pay attention to what news are out there and whether they are really representative. But I think the Bureau of Labor Statistics confirmed that we are continuing on what has been going on for the year so far. Right. The the pattern really has not changed that much significantly over the last several months, uh, even with some of these lost jobs uh, that that some of these companies have had. The data has showed kind of a consistent uh, pattern over the last, what, several months now. Absolutely. And what is also we, we can also like go into more details because if you want to think about, oh, not just like how many people are employed, but perhaps there is a change in pattern on uh, job losers or job leavers. Uh, there was a lot of discussion about whether people just were discouraged by the labor market and they uh, they rather play stay at home because they don't like the what the jobs are like. Or there was a shift in role models and you know more, more men are staying at home to look after the family or things like that. 
But what is really interesting is that, of course, there was there were spikes in the data uh, around um, the COVID time, uh, where there were lots of job losers, lots of job leavers. But yeah. now, what is really remarkable is that we are back to the trend um, that started at the end of the Great Recession. So there has been like a continuous trend in um, you know how, how losers and leavers are, are trending in the economy, how labor force participation has been trending, and we are basically back to that trend. And that raises a lot of questions for, for us economists because this is the longest uh, continuous uh, expansion in the economy since the Second World War, and we are not used to this. This is like completely new territory. So of course we all look for signs that this you know this this party can't go on forever, but. Mm-hmm. As, as of the data today, we see that we are basically, after the COVID, uh, um, in COVID intermission, so to speak, we are back to the trends that started at the end of the Great Recession, which is really remarkable. And I think a testament to all these um, government interventions. Um, I think the big um, ghost in the attic is inflation. And that is something that is on everybody's mind now these days. Our prices are going up. Uh, the economy is getting too hot. So when, when the you know, federal bank is intervening there, uh, they try to make it more expensive to borrow money, and therefore they want to cool investment in, in companies to, to get, take a little bit of the uh, possible ballooning in, in the economy out of it, take, you know, make it a little bit cooler, a little bit less, uh, less intense. Yeah. Um, but what is still happening is that there are companies still want to hire, um, even when the inflation, uh, even when the interest rates were a little bit uh, increased, and also wages seem to be increasing. And I want to talk about wages here a little bit as well, um, because there was inflation, and people say, "Oh, inflation is wiping out all the wage gains." That is actually not true for the bottom 40% of the wage distribution. So the big authority here is. Aaron Drudge Duby from the University of Massachusetts, who is like the leading expert on low-income people, and he's had done a nice analysis recently on um, real wage growth across the wage distribution. So, you know, you're, you're the median, which is, means like half of the people earn more, half of half the people earn less. And he has shown that since uh, the first quarter of 2020, the bottom 40% of income distribution saw real wage growth. And what it means is that um, if we have um, more restrictive uh, government, uh, not government, but federal bank policies, you know, those real wage growth might be at risk for the lower 40% of the uh, population. And that is important to think about because additional research, uh, yeah, I'm just citing here somebody from the Bank of England, but additional research has shown that these real wage growth and these, these transfers that the, the bottom half of the population has received went straight into consumption. So right. they were really yeah. aided by these. But the people at the higher uh, end of the distribution, um, they just saved more money. So that didn't really affect them. So I think if the federal bank expands, um, you know, turns up the interest rate uh, more, this is just going to hurt more the bottom 40% of the distribution in, in, in terms of employment and, and income. So what might an actual recession do to some of these numbers potentially then in, in, in the future? Is it still a little bit too early to tell on that? You know, it is, it is really, really possible to say there's so many factors at play. It is possible that economies are overheating, but we have, you know, we always worry about maybe there is something happening that we don't know yet about, the unknown unknowns. And 
you know, the the unknown unknowns that uh, that really bit us in the, in the bottom. <laughs> and in 2008 was, you know, how poorly the regulation was on on these uh, high risk mortgage uh, debts. Um, but I don't think there's anything like hidden in a cupboard, like a skeleton that will suddenly destroy the economy um, in terms of speculation or anything like this. So I, th- I think that is not the re- not, that is not something that we may want to worry about. The big question, of course, continues to be how are factors outside the U.S. affecting us? Um, right. You know, when um, when winter gets really hard and we see more uh, disruption to energy supplies. This can become politically more volatile, and it's a little un- unclear to predict how governments may react. And the worry here is that governments may do things that speak to populist demands, but doesn't don't really make it doesn't make a lot of economic sense. And uh, the biggest issue that I worry about is that uh, governments try to uh, mess around with prices a little bit more. Because that mm-hmm. is very, very distortionary and can lead to speculation um, on, 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 on various markets. So that's, that is, for me, the biggest unknown, how the winter will pan out in Europe in particular, what that will do to government uh, policies. Um, but so far, there's no sign that this is happening right now. Joined by Yvonne Barring, who's an associate professor of management here at the Wharton School. What's been interesting also to watch play out here in the United States over the last uh, year, year and a half, is just the number of jobs that are seemingly out there when you're talking about something like the JOLTS report. We've you know been basically running at a ratio of about two jobs for every one person, quote-unquote, out in the, in the workforce over the last couple of years. And, and it, it is really, I think, had an I believe an interesting impact on what we've seen with the labor force. It feels like you've you've got a lot of people that, you know, may decide that they want to move to another job for more money, but those that may lose a job are able to find one uh, really quickly over the last uh, couple of years. Yes, and there's there's no real indication that this is um, this is this is ending. Um, indeed, uh, in CAPS is a web page that uh, has job postings, which is uh, also something that um, uh, various government agencies are tracking. And we saw um, a peak in, at the end of 2021 in terms of job postings there, and it has leveled off a little bit recently. But there has not been a drop in the number of jobs that are posted there either. So this is like a high-frequency job posting environment. and. And it is true. What is what is what is the case here now is that when people um, are seeing that the jobs that they are in is not a good fit for them because they have different uh, circumstances at home or they, they, they want to do something else or move somewhere else, it is relatively easy for them to find something. And there has been a lot of discussion, in the, especially last year or in the beginning of the year, whether there's a lot of um, you know that people are just quitting jobs and don't want to work anymore. But I think. Um, this was more of a reorganization of the labor force. People stayed with their uh, with their employer when when people had to work from home, because that makes the most sense. But then, when things were opening up, they then uh, relocated to new jobs. So there was a more like a great reorganization rather than a great resignation in the labor market. So that continues to be the case. And as I say, you know, this is was particularly good news for the bottom half of the income distribution. We saw that the inequity and equality in, in wages has declined during uh, the COVID uh, period. And this is, you know, I think <laughs> something something to celebrate because 
I had to say, but compared to uh, most OECD countries, it is really very hard to be poor in the U.S. Um, the living standards yeah. and the circumstances you live in are, are really difficult. So that we were able to help this uh, segment of the population means that we don't have millions of people that dropped into poverty or millions of children that uh, perhaps face uh, uh, food uncertainty. So I think this is great success, and we should celebrate that. And uh, we can talk about <laughs> doom and gloom and the recession when the numbers really indicate it. But at the moment, it, there's no indication of that happening right now. What do you think then is, is should be the expectation around the wage growth that we have seen occur over the last couple of years? Will that tend to slow down or is this something that, that really just will continue as long as we have these dynamics in the labor force at play here? This is an excellent question um, because um, in the past, uh, or, you know, in the previous uh, decade, in the decade before COVID, there was this long discussion of what happens to uh, low-income, unskilled jobs. Um, uh, will they just all go abroad? What we saw was really a big expansion of the service economy. So these are people uh, that do stuff for us uh, close by. And so this is something that you can't export to China or to other countries. And this, this trend is still continuing. So I, I looked at this very carefully. And, you know, in the, the service sector um, and, and healthcare and hospitality and leisure, there were still notable gains. Um, it was only like in, in transportation warehousing, which, you know, um, it's, it's just a blip in the data where there was some decline. So services continue to expand. And these are often people who, uh, who have been in these low-paying jobs. So yeah. that is kind of an interesting situation where in the past we worried about all the jobs going abroad, and now we are creating a lots of jobs in the Biden economy in the U.S. Um, so how far this can go, I, I really don't know. Um, there seems to be still room in the, in the economy for that because there's a lot of uh, demand for these services. People are now used to do everything from home and have all kinds of uh, deliveries and other services uh, brought to them that require a lot of people on the other side uh, who, who bring these things to us, who manufacture them close to our house uh, because we want, to things, we want things to be customized for us. And, um, yeah, so that still is a trend that is continuing. Yvonne, great to have you with us. Thanks very much. All the best. Thank you. You too. All the best. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. Thank you. Yvonne Barenke, who's an associate professor of management here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.